Welcome to the Fit Click, home of the best in fitness and entertainment. Here's your host, Chris Doherty. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Fit Click episode 52. My name, of course, is Chris, and today I welcome a very successful entrepreneur, pro golfer, and fitness extraordinaire who has some tremendous philanthropic goals that will help change the lives of millions of people around the world. My guest today is both a tech entrepreneur and an IT entrepreneur with over 15 years of experience. He currently owns three computer repair and sales stores in the Phoenix area. He also at one time was a very talented junior golfer in Illinois growing up, and he wound up putting his golf career on hold after moving to Phoenix, Arizona and attending Arizona State University for college. It was soon afterwards where he determined that he wanted to build the financial life he desired for himself so that he could fund a pro golfing career and look to change the world through the game and the many opportunities that it can provide. My guest today is also an Adidas-sponsored athlete, and he is also sponsored by BPI Sports, SCMS First Intent T-Bars, and he is an ambassador for Skills, that's S-K-L-Z. Please join me in welcoming the extremely talented, extremely kind, extremely humble, Sarkez Merdichian to the FitClick. What's up, my man? Not much, man. How are you? Uh, phenomenal. A little overcast here in Connecticut, 58 degrees. but uh, I would like yeah. to say the same, but it's, it's bright as usual here in Arizona. Yeah, yeah, I figured it was, and uh, you know, but but you know, we're nice and warm in here, and and you know, I'm ready for for just an awesome episode with you. I've been looking forward to this for a while because you know, you kind of hit upon the many passions I have in life with both entrepreneurship and the amazing game of golf. And as I begin every show, you know this by now, Sarkis, what gets you amped up each and every day to be the amazing human being that you are? To be honest with you, is the ability to know that I can get up and do what I want to do. We are given the opportunity every day to get up and choose our destinies. What drives me every day? You know, is it money? Is it fame? Or is it making myself happy? For me, it's making myself happy. And how do I do that? First, make my body feel good. Every day I like to wake up, get a little bit of movement in, get the body loose, get fluid. Um, between golf and business, I find that perfect mix where I got hobby and passion mixed together and passion's golf and hobby is computers for me in the tech industry. I'm able to do that every day. Um, I wasn't able to do that my whole life. You grew right. up with different struggles. You know, some people are fed with a silver spoon. Some we have to learn through failure, you know, trials and tribulations. So I think it's the fact that, you know, through trial and tribulations and growing up through failure, has pushed me to see it. just that little bit of light of success that drives me every day. And then we also have to understand that we have the ability to get up and do these things. I've met guys at Exos where they're on the Special Olympics teams and they are they're runners. And I look at him, I can't remember his name, but he just was down competing in the Olympics. And you're just amazed. I got two legs. He's got one. Yeah. He cannot run me. You know, like, so the ability, I'm, I've seen golfers with one leg as well. He was on the big break. I don't know if you remember one. I've, I've watched the big break. I don't know if I saw that particular so, one. I mean, there's no excuse, absolutely yeah. no excuse to not get up and give it your all every day. And I, t- 
tell everyone, if, if you're giving excuses, you got to find something else you want to do. You got to find a passion. Yeah. And we all have hobbies. Hobbies come. Passion's hard to find. Passion takes time. Passion takes effort. Passion breaks sweat. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of how I get up in every day. And I look at it. And there are days I'll get on the bike and I'm just like, I don't want to do this. And then I, I got to remember why I'm doing it and just keep pedaling forward at the end of the day. So, Sarkis, the cool thing, and we kind of talked about it last night a little bit. I mean, you and I have been chatting for a little bit. You're obviously uh, also a client of our former guest on here, our mutual friend now, Andrew Hannon. So, so there's a nice little kind of circle there of people who are passionate about what they do with golf and performance. But, you know, you're really the first, I guess we could say, entrepreneur slash pro golfer that I've talked to on here. Um, or, or that I've ever met. Hopefully we'll meet in person in a few months. But, um, you know, we have that natural bond because we both immerse ourselves in what we do and we love golf. Um, we'll, we'll get into your amazing story shortly because you get a pretty great one that we, we kind of alluded to. But tell the audience to start off, what would you say if you could describe what's your underlying or ultimate mission in life? Well, we all want to leave a legacy at the end of the day. No matter what we do, we can... We, we can live our lives, I mean, we, we can build an empire, but if you don't change someone's life with that empire, right. you've done nothing to make this world a better place. For me, it's to bring golf to our meeting, to bring golf to kids. And with golf to kids kind of mixes in with my first intensity, uh, the, the program and the bars, where we give kids the knowledge of everyday life, not just golf. It teaches them respect, honesty, integrity. And then they got, you got to get up and teach these kids these things, and they need to listen. The problem with kids nowadays is they don't want to listen. They only listen to what's on social media. There isn't – I was just talking to a friend the other day. I'm like, we've lost the dinner table chat. Yeah. There's no longer coming home to mom and dad and having a conversation. So what we're trying to do – and I was just talking to my coach, Michael Pinky. It's the fact that through giving the kids that wow effect, they'll listen to you. So if you were to get a, a Ricky Fowler to walk in the building, you're gonna, he's going to get everyone's attention, especially the kids. So I'm not going to bring that to the Armenian community, especially the kids that are there, that are in second, third world country, that's striving to get to that next level and bring some hope to those kids right. and leave a legacy down. So, you know, your, your situation is unique. You're, uh, you have a passion for golf. You have a passion for creating value for others. You've done that through your businesses. You're, you're working on doing that through golf for, for a much larger audience. You played golf at a really young age, and you were really successful as a junior golfer. Obviously, that's where you're trying to grow the game now on the junior level. But um, you realized that you had a passion and a talent for it. You grew up in Illinois. You go off to college, and you know, maybe you're going to have to fill in some of the story for me here in a moment. But you go off to Arizona State University, and they don't allow walk-ons. So you have to basically kind of rearrange it here. Um, you know, you, you had to put some of this on the back burner. You know, describe, first of all, fill in the story there for me, because obviously you went back to golf and you have gone back to golf and obviously you started a few companies. But describe, Sarkez, um, the process of providing value to others so that you could provide freedom for yourself. Well, let's go back to, you know, I went to ASU on hopes of playing. And um, when I got there and I, I emailed the coach and he emailed that, he goes, you know, we'd love to have you on the team, but we, we don't allow walk-ons. 
so I went out there for a day or two in practice squad, and it was great playing Carson Wentz and the boys. But I realized at this point, if I can't play, if I can't provide that that team effort, that team score, there's no point for me to be out there. And, I'm, and I look at playing some professionally and dropping hammers for Carson Wentz professionally, and I look at it and stuff. The cost of it is just yeah. astronomical, and people told me. You know, there's options as investors, and I never want to take anyone's money, especially having my back against the wall to answer to people. Uh, I was one of the things I never really liked doing growing up. I never liked answering to anyone besides myself. Then I never had, I never let anyone down. Um, but providing for others as a business owner, I think that's one of the best things you can do. Uh, and that you can provide to a spectator um, is hope. Um, so the, big, the best thing for me at the end of the day is I get to go into the shops and I see the boys and they bring me you, but I also put the bread on their table at the end of the day. Right. That, that is something you, it's hard to explain. Sometimes I might have a rough day and I might call my mom and I'll talk to her and she's like, honey, do you know what you do for those boys? Do you know how, how much they enjoy their job? How much they love you? Yeah. I mean, the way you see me right now is the way I'll walk into one of my shops. And yeah. I don't tell the boys, I don't give them a dress code. I let them be them. Each person is unique. Um, and I find that, I mean, I can allow someone to see that. And I've had great success with turnover rates with my employees, where they last for years with me. And it's just providing just that humbleness, but also giving, having, letting them have fun and be themselves throughout the day. And, and the best part, I think, is that you are allowed to give them the opportunity for one to provide for him and his wife and his kid on the way, and for the other to go buy an obscene MacBook that he's been wanting for years. So, I was gonna say, yeah, the, the, the MacBook, I can relate to that right now since we're, we're on the yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, no, no, I mean, and, and you know, that's an important thing to realize is that, you know, whenever we create something great, it's not just creating great products for the people who are then going to purchase them, but it's creating those employment opportunities for other people who might otherwise have them. Entrepreneurship delivers so many different types of value. Um, a lot of people only pay attention to the really cool products, but there's so much more that goes into that. And, and you know, Sarkez, talk for a moment too, because I've seen you and all of us see you now and all your great successes. Pretty much everybody who's done anything great hasn't reached success without reaching a few valleys as well, so to speak, and a few troughs and a few bankruptcies or things like that, I can certainly attest, but you've had a slew of business adversities yourself and also some physical injuries and setbacks with your golfing career. Um, and they've, uh, they've obviously derailed progress, at least temporarily. What's the greatest benefit that failure has delivered to you? When you got to live off a credit card for a $3,000 credit line and start all over again, and not knowing what you're going to end up doing if that doesn't if that doesn't work, um, it humbleizes you. That's the best part of failure. It really humbleizes you. I get chills, like just thinking. And yeah, the boys wanted to go out, and I just lost all my money in the stock market. Um, I had nothing left besides a three thousand dollars student boot cash American Express. And didn't know where to go, what to do. Had to start all over again. Got an opportunity to 
to work in the tech industry as a tech um, while I was focusing. And uh, but I think just the failure really helped me just ground myself because there's points in your life where you can be given or you can be very successful. And you, I was there, you know, I was in my late teens making good money in the stock market, uh, playing some good golf, kind of going to college and saying, why am I going to college at this point? You know, I'm making more money than my professor. Well, I got slapped in the face one day, you know, yeah. and then I realized, you know, it had to bring me back down to reality. Um, and then I was no better than anyone else. And like a light switch, your life can change. Um, and now I look back at what was my last two, three years. And I did nothing to change anyone's life besides myself. Uh, completely selfish. So I realized um, and the best way to receive is to give. Right. And with the last 10 years, yeah, there's been a lot more trials and tribulations to it, but minor setbacks, not as the large one that I had when I was around 20 years old. But that taught me so much that I use every day, um, that I get up every day. And there's times that I have to look back at that, that moment in my to remind myself where I was and where I came to re-humbleize myself. Because there's moments throughout the days, throughout the weeks, the months, the years that you will have, that you will get over your head and that you will say things, you will regret things. But you need to take that step back. And if you do say those things, you need to go ahead and apologize for those things. Yeah. We're not, no one's perfect. Um, but with that said, let's talk about injuries too. <laughs> You know, setbacks and stuff like that. And that's why I ended up at Exos. It looks like it had a couple, couple of weeks ago, last week, was it maybe? And uh, I, was, I was feeling like the coach, Ken Carpenter, left the guru. We were moving my body left and right, trying to get this new swing working. It was about two and a half years ago. And this is when I just decided to come back and play. Yeah. And we were trying to get my body to just to rotate in a certain way. And it just wouldn't, but he kept pulling the club, trying to get me there. So we spent all weekend trying to get this motion down. Come Monday morning, I couldn't even breathe. Thought I broke a rib. Go get x-rays, get all that stuff done. They say I got an intercostal tear. Well, I, I would have hoped I broke my rib instead of this. Yeah. So I was there about three to four months and I got back to working out after the, the tear healed. And about a month after that, I'm doing some lateral steps and I roll my ankle and tear my plantar on my foot. And at this point, I was out for another four months. So we're talking about, I've almost spent a whole year trying to get back to play, but I've spent more time on the couch than on the courts. And I was working out with a buddy of mine who played these Houston Rockets, uh, Matthew Harris. And he's like, you know, you need to check out this place called Exo. He's like, if you really, really want, you know, some pressure on golfer, this is the place to go. So I didn't think much of it, but laying on the couch, I just did a little bit of Google researching, pulled it up, I saw, I saw it call, let's see what it's all about. Um, sure enough, went in, I, I was still hobbling with my planter at this time. Went in and got, got the tour and walking into that place is just like, it's the mecca of 
Yes. Athlete, athlete performance. It's there is an aura when you walk into that building. Till this day, there's no other place I've walked into that just gives you that feeling. Let's go, let's go, let's get this done. Yeah. And I said, the moment I walked in there, I'm like, okay, we're doing this. So I got in there, and the number one thing they taught us. They, And I spent just over a year there, and I learned so much with that group on strength training, preventive training, uh, movement, uh, great coaches. Uh, and then I was with exercise. That's how I met Michael Pinky, who's got combine performance now. And uh, he was he was the golf director at Exos, and we were able to create a great bond and more of a friendship. And I moved on with the golf aspect of things first. You know, you can get into the training and you can you can learn a lot of different moves, but in golf, you don't want to overtrain your body. We've seen that with Tiger Woods. We've seen that with a lot of golfers. I saw that with myself too. I was doing things where you could see some of my pictures where there's no need for that for our golf. Yeah. It looks good. And it's it, it's great to look at. You might think I pound the ball a mile, but it's not functional at the end of the day. Right. Yeah, I've, I've lost a little bit of mass in the last two months. in mobility as well. Um, and it's funny because I was just working the, the yard lines at my local gym one day and going up and down and I saw this guy and he, I called him Oh my God, Magic Mike 2.0, he was moving, so flexible. Yeah. And I, I saw a golf shirt and I saw you play. He's like, no, I'm just a trainer. And that was Drew, Drew Hammond you had on the other day. Oh, yeah. And, and he's like, I train a bunch of golfers. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. Okay, so I'm thinking you train. I've worked out at Exos. Who have you, you know, like, who have you trained? Uh, gave me the information. Didn't think much of it. But also, my Hips started acting up, and I was just like, I gotta give this guy a shot. And I saw his passion each and every day. He did this hip series, which was, I think, two or three months long every day, a different hip movement. And so I, I connected with him as well. So I've had such great luck, especially here in the Valley, with such great facilities and trainers. Um, they have allowed me to be preventive from my injuries. But I spent about a good two years just injured. Um, I've been back for about, I want to say, three months, getting back into the swing. I think this is the longest I've gone without re-injuring myself at something right now. Um, I, the tendonitis I had in December was just a freak accident. I was on the driving range and just popped, and then I was out till about May. Yeah. I couldn't even swing. I couldn't get a coffee for two months, and I was just like, do I want to continue playing? You know, is this a sign? But my passion kicked in and said, no, you're going to play. This is what I want to do. I'm going to die doing this. If it's me getting to the senior tour, or if it's me trying to get on the scene at the champion tour, excuse me, at least I try. Yeah. There's that saying people say, you never know if you don't try. Uh, I'd rather die trying than not know. Right. Um, as long as I, you know, as long as I can fund it. And that's another thing, you know, there's, there's that. The struggle with getting that golf industry going 
it's the cost for these kids to play. Yeah. So I was fortunate enough to get into business where I'm able to go, you know, you gotta travel up and play a, a pre-qualifier before you can play a qualifier sometimes. Then by the time you're done playing the pre-qualifier and the qualifier and you've traveled and you're done and set and you're paying out of pocket, you're in and out easily fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars. Yeah. Because you don't know, you might have to be there for a whole week. You got a last flight change sometimes, or you know, if you're lucky enough, you get to drive there if it's not too far. Yeah. So, yeah. So I mean, between the failures and the struggles of business, and the injuries, and the success that comes afterwards, I mean, throughout those twelve years I just described to you, that's just kind of the mesh of who I become. And why I am the way I am today. I have no way would ever saw myself to be the person I am today 10 years ago. Yeah. But I thank God every day for it. It's amazing that evolution over time, how you just learn this stuff, you learn from success and failure. And obviously, you, you've made a lot of impact with a lot of people's lives already. You have plans to positively affect many, many more people through the work that you're planning to do with Armenia. But you know, before we get there, um, which vehicle do you think allows you to make more of an impact? Golf or entrepreneurship? Both. And I, I hope you were gonna say that, but <laughs> because I got I got texts and I'm a nerd at heart, okay? And most of my texts have no coordination. We all know what it's the coordination, they have better hand coordination. When they're playing their video games, I watch them sometimes, and they use ACDC. I don't know whatever else they use. I look at them like, how are you? I can't play Halo. I play a shooter game; they demolish me. So I, I stopped playing video games 10, 15 years ago. But also, there's athletes, and there's kids that want to be athletes. So I'm able to touch lives on both aspects. As I can provide a source of income for my techs or my employees to do the things they want to do, if it's to provide for the family, or to provide for themselves, for their toys, or to put some, I got a couple kids that, it's the best, okay, the best, the coolest thing I've seen is I have three employees, one still with me, two have finished with me on great terms because they graduated in masters in engineering, computer science engineers. To watch them go on and become so successful, and know that I helped them get there or the company helped them get there while they were in school, working, paying their tuition, um, and still connect. One just texted me over the weekend. He's coming up from U of A. Um, he's on his last year finishing up. Um, I had one that finished up last year. He's in Germany now as a computer engineer, uh, excuse me, software engineer. And to see that is great. So I want to take that feeling that I get as an entrepreneur and take it into golf with especially with my country Armenia, which they only have a nine hole municipal course. And I've been communicating with the lady out there that's golf in Armenia. That's their Instagram. And uh, she's she's a director of golf over there. She's asked me to come down as an honorary guest and we'll, we'll, we'll definitely be coming there probably March or April with gifts and knickknacks for the kids. And to be able to touch these kids' lives because all they know is Soccer is huge in Armenia, um, and weightlifting. Not many other sports. So with being the only Armenian golfer, if they're able to see, in God's willing, in, in 
can playing you know an Armenian golfer, it's just gonna open the door, give the kids the the opportunity to believe they can do this. You, they need to see an example to believe they can do it. They can see there's a Armenian soccer player, Mkhitaryan. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. I think he plays on Arsenal. Um, but extremely, every kid in Armenia wants to be him um, because he's given them opportunity. Because it's difficult when you only have, I mean, as bad as it sounds, but there's games they play where, I don't know if you've ever heard of marbles. They don't have the ability. So a soccer ball is easy for them to get a hold of. And they can play in inside the alleys. They can play at the field. They can, they can play in the house. If you're able to provide a little bit of hope, give them some golf clubs. Some, we'll be taking some cutters down in March and April. Um, and then with the help of Mizuno and other companies, bringing these kids some equipment to give them the opportunity to play and also grow that nine-hole municipal course that they have right now, I think it's going to be huge for the country. Huge for the kids, and then for my for my heart, it just means the world to me. You know, Sark, as a, a follow up question on that, because I think, and I mean, I, I think that's absolutely tremendous. The the whole thing, and we kind of discussed it last night. I just think that's such a cool thing. But you know, how do you, to a certain degree, because I think it's actually somewhat of a cultural thing too. How do you, the the biggest sport there? Correct me if I'm wrong. Is still soccer or, or football, as it is in many parts of the world. But how do you sell the culture that's already kind of decided on something else on something new, or do you think it just simply is because of the fact that the sport's not there and because it is so expensive and there hasn't been that opportunity? Do you think there's the same chance for it to have the same kind of role that soccer has, or at least play a close runner up to it? Uh, with reality setting in on that, it'll never come close to soccer. Right. But you give the kids an opportunity to play a different sport. Um, and with that, what, I, what we talked about earlier, that sport also brings the, the most important values to life, which is that honest integrity. Yeah. Um, and that they can use to become an entrepreneur one day or to become a father one day or a mother. Um, and it, you'll never, it's just, it's too difficult. We even see it here in America where we got Michael Conley making $200 million on a four-year contract. You're never going to see the best golfers make that much in a, in a four-year span. Right. Um, you baseball, all these other sports that are higher above golf, even though golf is the biggest sport in America versus the rest of the world uh, with the, you know, the PGA Tour here in America. But also with that said, just having the ability to bring a new sport, something different to the kids, and if it's as simple as the kid getting out to the putting green, because um, he's got a putter to play with his friends. Some of my best my best moments, I was just talking to Austin. He actually trains down at PFS. We had a practice round together up in uh, Nevada before it put Barracuda pre-qualifier. And we became good friends since then. And I was just texting him because he just got back from the Dakota sport. I'm like, hey, let's get back together. Let's let's play some, you know, play some golf. If we just got a chip and putt. It's going to bring the good old days, like from the high school and college days, back. Yeah. It's just that fun camaraderie together that we can just, all right, let's go. Let's closest to the pin, you know, chip shocking. Let's bet a quarter. Let's have some fun with it. Um, and that's that's what golf brings. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be the best golfer or professional, but it also brings you 
new games, new ideas that you can have to keep the kids off the streets. I mean, like we said, social media, the impact it's had on children, it's got good and it's got bad. So we, we try to push that bad away. We, we're trying to get kids active again. Um, we're trying to get them off the computer, get them off the cell phone. I've always told my, my lady, I'm like, when we have kids, no cell phones, no laptops, everything's checked in, checked out. I own tech companies in this, and I'm not lying. I'm not kidding about it because they're going to go up the way I did. We're going to go play baseball out front in the front yard. We're going to throw the ball around. We're going to have a basketball hoop in the front on, on the driveway. Yeah. You know, eventually get, you know, a little putting green, just, just active. Because then if you do that, your friends are going to do that with you. And then, yeah, of course, they're going to play their video games, but a good mix and balance is life. Right. And I think we've lost that tremendously in our culture nowadays. I think we've, yeah, we've lost a lot on physical activity. I mean, kids just don't play as much as they used to when they play. It involves sitting in front of a TV, twiddling their thumbs, uh, like you alluded to with video games. And, um, you know, I think that's a really great segue right there, getting into talking about fitness and activity and the role of all this, because another thing you're known for besides entrepreneurship and being a pro golfer is your intense devotion to fitness yourself, both in the context of a health-oriented lifestyle and also the performance-oriented lifestyle for making you a better golfer. Um, I'm putting up a really silly picture right here. You've kind of already seen it. I think you already know that it's coming, but uh, a little picture uh, that I already showed of you and arguably the fittest guy on the PGA Tour, arguably. That's Camilo Vegas. I saw him this weekend at the Northern Trust. Uh, he's been on the tour for a good few years now. Really? You're 31. He's 35. So he's got uh, four years on you. Still looking pretty good, even though it is an odd picture. Um, but the fact of the matter is, um, obviously, it's no secret that pro golfers today don't look the way that they used to. I have a guy that I trained by the name of Joe McNally. He's a world-renowned photographer, and he took a risque photo years ago. Well, it was risque, but it was actually really well done of um, you know a um, either late high school or early collegiate golf team all posing nude, holding a uh, bucket of balls over their private parts, and uh, they got suspended for it. But the point of the whole thing was to show Golfers are not, and I use this quote, they're not the portly duffers tootling around the links on golf carts, knocking back golf shots and beers in equal measure that they used to be. Um, Tiger Woods might have started this whole thing. He might have led the charge, but obviously it is now something that is omnipresent on tour. And you really need to bring the same enthusiasm to your performance training as you do your practice sessions if you want to be a successful golfer. Um, Sarkis, describe for a few moments, if you could, just um, – the role of performance training in improving both golf and business performance as well. Critical, especially I think in business and golf together as life. Let's start with performance. This is training in general for the body to act for the day. Yeah. Um, I think it's for me, it's, it's incredibly important to get up and move. And before I go to bed as well, to get a little bit of movement in. Um, for instance, this morning we're texting back and forth and I was in the middle, you know, of a workout. I love to get up, get my breakfast in. I like to do it early before anyone's up, before my cell phones go off the hook, before my emails come in and get a good hour or two of training. If it's from weight training to some cardio to some movement, I like to mix it all up. It gets the belly feeling good. You know, the gut feels good. Um, body feels a little light. You're able to be a little bit more active. Um, I completely, you know, you have the complete opposite after you're having a large meal. 
you don't want to do everything, anything after you have a large meal. Right. But that saying a body in motion stays in motion is completely true. Body rest stays in motion. Uh, I don't know what I've, I've gone on the go, 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 and with my everyday activities and my training in the morning allows me to be a better, better boss, a better golfer, um, just a better person, and I feel better. And that's, I think that's the number one thing is I feel better. When I feel better, I do better. Um, I think a lot of us that don't get that in, it, there's a saying when I was growing up, I, I can't remember who said it. I don't know if it was Dean Martin or one of the, one, one of the rat packs, but I feel bad for those who don't drink because the best they're going to feel is when they wake up during the day. Yeah. Um, I say the opposite. I feel bad for the people that don't train because the best they're going to feel is when they go to sleep at night. Yeah, um, it's true. It, it's incredibly important in just everyday life. Um, as when it comes to golf, I've learned through the trials and tribulations of weight training and physical activity. There's pros and cons to it. And you hit it right on the dot with Tiger Woods. He started it off. He lengthened the course for everybody. People need to understand the power he brought to the game. You had you, you you had the guys that had the cigars in their mouth for cigarettes and might have had a drink right before they got and played eighteen on TV. You don't get that anymore. You rarely see that. I think there's can't remember the European tour player. He's one of the few you'll see with the cigar in his mouth nowadays. He's an older guy. Yeah, um, but. Most of the guys are in shape. If not in shape, they are keeping active and they're moving. Um, they don't have to be a physical specimen. And that's the worst that someone can do to themselves. And I did that to myself as well. Um, I put myself to a position where you know, you're at four and a half, five percent body fat, and you look like you can hit the ball a mile long, but your rotational aspect's not there, and you're pulling with your muscle instead of your legs. and um, We've had to do a little bit of fine tuning, understand that, get a little, you know, kind of let's get off the chest and the arms a little bit while working out. Um, I, I think I've gotten the perfect mix with Drew and Pinky and all those guys mixing everything together for the mobility aspect, the strength aspect, the swing aspect, yeah. of things. But I always tell the golfer to be beware. Don't overtrain your body. A lot of my training that I do now, I might spend two or three hours in the gym a day is with mobility. I love working my hips. I love working my glutes, my hammies. I love working my thoracics. Um, it's just moving. I just had a conversation with someone last night that was just in Spain, husband and wife that were just in Spain. We were talking about eating, eating late. I've been so busy the last last week or two renovating one of my stores and now opening up another one where I wouldn't get home until 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night when I'm usually in bed for an hour by that time. Yeah. So I'm not eating until 11. 39. But I made it complete, complete path to myself. I'm eating this like get movement in at night, no matter what I do. Um, and they're like, that's the smart thing too. She's like, can you choose some sites? Because you know, when they're in Spain, everyone's in good shape. But at 10 o'clock at night, they go have dinner. But the difference there is when they have dinner, they're walking to dinner. When they're done with dinner, they're walking back. Right. There's that movement aspect of the food digestion um, where we don't see that with everyday Americans. It's get in the car, 
go to a dinner, get back in the car, come home, watch TV on the couch, and go to sleep. Right. Uh, if it's pick up your significant other and go for a walk after dinner, it's, it's very important. Or if it's you had dinner and you're going to go to Walmart or a Target, park far away, take a longer walk, or take the stairs. It's the little things. My dad was in the hospital for about a year with cancer. And I remember every time I dressed, every day I'd go to the hospital. I always made sure I took the stairs. Yeah. No matter what. Now, I never took the elevator. It was those extra steps that I might have taken 50 extra steps for 300 plus days that added to those thousands of steps extra I had that year. So it's the little things like that. Yeah. Well, um, you know, my performance director at my gym, who actually was on the preceding episode, he always just says that the best anti-inflammatory in the world is movement. You know, for, for people who are constantly in pain, the, you know, yep. they don't want to move because it hurts. But uh, the reason it really hurts is because they're not moving. They're immobile. I mean, one, one thing we did many years ago, I shouldn't say we, it, I didn't do it. But, um, you know, part of the movement and exercise is when something's injured, the natural response is to immobilize. And when we immobilize, we lose kind of the mind-body connection a little bit. We lose the the mobility, obviously, and then we lose the stability. And before you know it, we kind of have to completely reprogram that area. And then often if it's a unilateral situation or, uh, you know, then the other side goes, and then we've kind of lost that balance throughout the kinetic chain. So it's it's um, sometimes doing what seems like it's going to be harmful is actually the best thing to do. And and in this case, you said movement at all times. Uh, I The only thing I hate about doing the fit click, there's really nothing I hate about it. I hate sitting my ass in this damn couch. I, I need to get like the. This is a long time. I've sat down a long time right now. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I, um, um, I, I've had one guest on the show. I believe it was Mike Idawa. And I could see in the background, he did the entire show. He had set his camera and everything up. So he was standing. I'm like, when I move into the new place, that's um, we're setting up like a little mini production studio. I'm not going to be doing this show standing or sitting yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. What's up? That's funny that you say that. A lot of the desks, when you walk into Exos, are the standing desks. Yeah. Of course. So mo- most are, are standing and working. Or I've seen a lot of guys now, um, which I've been interested in, is like that BOSU ball. Cheers, have you seen those? The Bo- BOSU, the yeah, yeah, BOSU balls, yeah, yeah. Yeah, as they have, they have special ones as chairs now, but. Yep, yep. It's- we, we need to just, like I said, do everything we can in corporate America and everywhere around to just, once again, you can't, make people do stuff you got to make them want to do stuff you know show them the comfort show them the value and i learned a long time ago that when you try to create a product that's making people go against human nature it's never going to be successful you have to figure out ways to make people not just do it but want to do it and then they will do it habitually when they see the results they get they feel how much better it is to to do that and that feeling is so much better and it's so important because that feeling is what makes your body better. Yeah. I, I was having a conversation with someone yesterday about this, and who dies of a heart attack anymore? No one. Everyone's passing away from, you know, we were saying every, everyone left and right has cancer or something, you know, yeah. some type of disease. And a disease is usually bacteria is built over what? Over time and with stress. Time, over stress, usually yeah. it's just building up. You're not, you're not breaking it down. And I always feel like a body in motion creates that movement, creates that blood flow, creates that almost like that natural medicine that your body needs right. 
that help fight bacteria. And I believe that's what they call cancer. It's like a type of bacteria in the body. But, well, and you know, it's funny. I was I was rewatching the well-known video before I went to Billis. I just I'll rewatch the Secret every once in a while, and you know, they talk repeatedly about how it is stress that that's really killing people. I mean, when you think when you break down the word disease, it's a body that is not at ease. You know, there's a lack of peace, there's a lack of tranquility and equilibrium, and that's really what's killing people the most. I mean, Western medicine doesn't want to say it, but Eastern medicine will certainly say that the mind absolutely is probably the biggest impetus in curing a disease it is yeah i agree you can i and that's one thing we'll go back to exos and mindset that's one of the first things they teach you over there is mindset yeah um we are wired i think there was an article eric dannenberg he's a movement coach at the exos facility in phoenix um brought up to me one time we have i believe the same amount of muscle mass per pound as a gorilla or an ape, but they can lift twice as much per conquer mass. Right. Because the way their brain connects to their spine is different. So they incorporated cross crawling, and I've never heard of that, which allows you to strengthen that connection between the brain and the spine. Um, there's just so many things out there. And I think that's the coolest thing about the whole training aspect of things. There's, like we talked about yesterday, there's a lot of different methods to training, um, but the most important thing is keeping your eyes and ears open and listening. And yeah. if, you, if, it, if it seems right to you, give it a shot. I love trying everything. I don't know if you can tell from all the different facilities that I've been to. Uh, I respect everyone's you know, theories and ideas. Um, I try to incorporate them, and it becomes longer and longer in my day because I incorporate everyone's ideas uh, in the gym. Uh, hence why I built my own gym that I'm sitting in right now. Yeah. All these different movements, all these different ideas. And it's that, this is my peace. This is my getaway. This is my, I de-stress here. I, if it's do some kettlebell work, some weights, get on the bike. Uh, uh, I'm here last night. Yeah, the lady wanted to work out, and I was like, "I'll come in with you. I'll do some movement. Don't go to the don't go to the gym. Over there. My gym. <laughs> we'll do yeah." So, no, I completely agree with you. Sarkez, this is a difficult question because you're still alive, which uh, we hope you are for a long time, by the way. But uh, what, you mentioned legacy earlier. You mentioned uh, you kind of alluded to it, but if you were to kind of sum it up with all the different skills you have and all the different things you've learned over the last 31 years, since you're 31 now, you're a little bit younger than me. Um, you're still four years younger than Camilla Vijegas. So you still, you still have time to, uh, <laughs> but um, in all seriousness, what would you want the Sarkez Merdichian legacy to be? We spoke about, I'd love to be in the books on the wall. You see it in high school when you got the picture on the wall that actually, you know, they had the walls by the gym with all the pictures. That's great. But the most important thing to me was when my dad passed right. and we held a funeral about a year and a half ago, I watched and I had close friends of mine saying, Who was your dad? Why is there so many people? Why, why did so many people come? Right. No one knew who my dad was. My dad was just a dental technician. Mm -hmm. um, no one famous, but he was so giving throughout his 62 years 
that he touched so many lives. And he touched every life in a good way. I might have had a couple of years in my teenage years where I wasn't the best human being. We've all had those. But I understood from what I saw that the way he touched people's lives and the way they respected him to come and show their respect in hundreds of thousands yeah. was something that I, for one day, hope to be just like my father. You know, I want to touch people's lives. I want to make impacts. I don't need to do it with money. I can do it with love. I can do it with my time, with my effort. Those are three things that are invaluable that you can give to human beings. I can go give you a paycheck or I can give you, but if I give you my time, yeah. you, no one's giving me that back. You can't give it back to me. No one can give that back to me. So I want to be able to leave that kind of legacy behind. Of course, I'd love to bring the golf to the country of Armenia, which I'm for sure going to do one of these days. Um, but also, I want to touch those lives of those kids. That's the key. Um, I'm doing that through the sport. My dad did that just through his generosity and time. If it was through the church, through the community, um, if people needed some dentures, he would make them dentures for free. You know, they're struggling. Yeah. Or if people moved here as refugees, we would gather furniture together. I remember watching my parents get furniture for people. You know, they would ask one person that had money, can you donate? Do you have anything to donate to these people that just moved here? Um, those are the things, those are, those are the ways you touch people's lives. The, the only thing I would want different and it's the aspect of over time, Sark Smirkadichin Sr., the name will slowly dwindle because there is no black and white. But I'd like to be black and white somewhere, yes. someday somewhere, where it's always there. And I always want to give my respect to all those who have given their time to me. If it's from all my, my everyone that's impacted my life should be part of my legacy and vice versa. Love it, my man. Well, you know, you've certainly given the FitClick audience and myself some great time. You know, I really appreciate it. This has been really awesome. It's been wonderful getting to know you. And, you know, one of the great things about this program is I've gotten to meet so many guests who have wound up coming up on the show from previous guests. And obviously, Andrew introducing us, the power of the Internet. It's, it's easy to blast it, but I'll tell you, it's brought more people together. Um, you know, so, I mean, Instagram, you know, we can go on there for bad reasons or we can go on there for good reasons. And you can certainly meet some great people. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, like you, I try to look for the good in everything. So, um, you know, and it's, um, you know, I, I said it to you in a text message last night. And I, I totally meant it. I sent the same thing to Andrew. And then my new friend, Callie, actually, who's the first assistant of that photographer I referenced earlier, he went to the Northern Trust. It's so great for somebody like me to actually just, um, you know, meet other guys who are just into golf and have such a passion for this. It's not just like, oh, you know, we'll watch a tournament here and there. Like, all of us are, like, immersed in the sport. And, um, you know, it's sad that it's a game that hasn't grown the way that I hoped that it would. It's understandable why it hasn't, but... I think what you and, and some of the other people I know around here trying to grow the game through the youth is 100% the way that we do it, you know, showing them the great values that the game teaches. Um, you know, obviously it is expensive and, and, you know, it has come down a little bit because I think it's had to. But, um, you know, about 
it, yeah, yeah, it's it's just a game that that teaches so many great lessons about integrity, about you know calling the foul on yourself. You know, even if nobody else saw you move the ball, you know, you, you got to call the penalty. There's no other sport like that. And um, you know, so I, I just really appreciate you coming on and giving this perspective as a successful entrepreneur, as a pro golfer, as somebody who undoubtedly is going to be a tremendous philanthropist and give back to so many others. So um, it's been an honor, my my friend. Likewise, I appreciate you having me. Thank you. And Thank you. Um, you can find more. This is to my audience. That is, you can find more about uh, find out more about Sarkis Merchidian at his website, which is listed below at sarkismerchidian.com. Right there, go on and you know tells his life story, all the great stuff he's working on. Uh, truly remarkable guy. It's really really great to have you on. See all that you've accomplished at such a young age. Um, you can also check him out on Instagram. A lot of great videos and his stories and everything. He's also a sponsored athlete, like I mentioned. He's got some really cool stuff going on. Check him out at Golf Workout. Um, I'm pretty sure that's where we met. I think we met through Andrew, but I'm pretty sure when I checked out Andrew's stuff, I then saw your stuff. So pretty yeah. cool. Stuff. Right. You can also check out all the previews for the Fit Click coming up. We got a great roster coming up in September. Also at Chris Darty Fit is my Instagram, and then later on today we will also have this episode on both iTunes and on YouTube. You can check it out. You know, I've listed below. It's the Fit Click on YouTube, and it's actually at Chris Darty Fitness, which is my professional channel. You can check out all of the edited, and by edit, I mean just the intro and the outro, just a few little things cleaned up from the technical issues we sometimes get on uh, YouTube. And then, of course, the podcast, which will air later on on iTunes. That thing is growing at an awesome rate. Um, feel free to also go out and pick up the latest issue of Muscle and Fitness Magazine. I have an article that just came out about how to survive your first OCR, OCR meaning obstacle course race, excursion. We got uh, Hunter McIntyre, former FitClick guest on there. And also future FitClick guest Joe DeStefano, uh, De who's the head of Spartan uh, Racing for the uh, training for a Spartan race. So for Sarkis Merchidian, uh, I said that wrong. Merdichian. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I'm Chris Doherty. We will see you next time on the FitClick. Check out iTunes and YouTube for all of our episodes. We'll see you later, and thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you. For all episodes of the Fit Click, check us out both on iTunes and YouTube. Connect with Chris and his guests by liking the Chris Doherty Fitness Facebook page and by following him on Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter using the Chris Doherty Fit handle.